here's my news for today. I get home, I stopped at the dollar store and I bought stickers because we're going to make posters with the kids. And I bought some bottle brush like cleaners because we got to clean the animal water out. And that's the best thing we found that works. And then I stopped to get llama lunch because the alpacas were out of food. And I got home and I backed down and put it in the barn. And then I drove up and parked my truck and I saw my brother was on the roof of the garage. So I started to walk over there and mom's holding her head. And I said, did you hit your head on something? And she said, yeah, the hammer. I said, did Mike drop it off the roof? She said, no, it was on the top of the ladder. And when I moved the ladder, it fell and hit me in the head. So she has this huge lump on her head. She's standing there. She's like, it's getting bigger. I said, go get ice. Do you think that'll help my mother, the nurse? Do you think that will help? (laughs) Yes, mom. I think that will help. Go get some ice. So she sat down for a few minutes with ice, and then she went back out to her ladder and finished doing whatever she was doing out there. But I'm like, gee, Willikers, mom. Big old lump on your head. Oh, it had to have hurt. Poor Scott. I can't read the line when I read about You did what? Doing what? <laughs> well, I can totally see it, you know, leaning over, straighten and straighten your back and just pop it out. I do that every once in a while with mine. Usually you just have to walk it out, but it doesn't sound like you can walk it out. No. No, usually if something's wrong with my back, that's the best thing to do is just lay on your back with your feet, kind of like you're in a reverse chair, mm-hmm. but you're laying on the floor. Or sometimes even just to put your feet up against the wall. Oh, hello, cat. Yeah. Poor Scott. Oh, no. That's not good. Do you know that we only have, after tonight, two more recordings and we're done with season six recordings? Really? Yeah. We went through it that fast? I know. That doesn't seem like it. I know. But, yeah. So, I guess i got to come up with some stories for Season 7. The Season 7 schedule is up on the Potterfic Weekly main site. We have not started recording them yet. Hopefully, we will be doing that soon. But if you want to see what books we have picked, you can go click on Season 7 on the right-hand side of the main page, and it will tell you. We hope you like them. We can do the Zoe Potter one because, I don't know, it's a nice little fluffy thing. It's nothing really too intriguing. Mm, yeah, um, we could do that one. It's always, always a fun one. I tell you, I think that's one of the first ones I've ever read. Mm-hmm. To get into the fandom. Okay. And I've just finished, and I'm going to put up tonight after we get done with the podcast if I'm still awake. Okay, so last night at 9 o'clock, I said, i got to go to bed. I'm tired. We had the boys over for dinner, and they had just left, and I, I'm going to go to bed. And I sat down to do something really fast before I left, and I thought to myself, I wonder if the new Pax Dungeons & Dragons video's up. That was bad. At 11.30 last night, I finally decided it was time to go to sleep because the video was over, and then I had to get up at 6. So I'm like you. I'm tired tonight. But we only have five chapters, so it'll go fast. Yeah, well, my mom quilts. Okay. And she does embroidery. So this is it's an embroidery quilt. Uh-huh. And so I have to cut the embroideries to to a certain length. And right. she always makes me do it because I can center them a little bit better than she can. Okay. Well, I always get scared to cut them because if I cut them wrong, I mean, she takes hours to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's not cheap. No. These things. And so I'm like, okay, so I always get nervous. I hate, I really hate doing it. <laughs> but I do it anyhow. So I had like, I don't know. I think it was like at least six of them I had to do. 
then she's like, oh, I want to make this chemo hat for a friend of hers, which was fine. But she goes, but I don't understand the directions. So I'm sitting there, I'm reading the directions. I'm like, I don't understand what the hell these directions are either. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, we're going to know how to do this. You're supposed to be this drafter, blah, blah, blah. Well, we figured it out. After some swearing at each other and at the thing and trying to figure the damn thing out, we made it. We had a good time. It was a lot of fun. Oh, it's always fun to swear at your mom and have your mom swear at you. Yeah. Oh, no. We were swearing at the thing because we were like, isn't this damn thing working? (laughs) Yeah. There's a Halloween festival thing for the kids Mm -hmm. at the high school next weekend. And I don't have to go this year. For the first time in years and years and years, I don't have to go for work because we always have a booth. And it's fun. It's fun to see the kids and stuff like that. But this year, I don't have to go. And I was thinking, oh, cool, I'm not going to have to go. I'm just not going to do it. And then today I'm like, if I don't go, then I can't wear my new Hufflepuff robes and hat. Maybe I should go. (laughs) I'm so bad. (laughs) Yeah. Or wanted to be Uncle Sai for Halloween, but not just Uncle Sai. Uncle Sai in Hawaii. (laughs) Okay. So he was Magnum P. Sai. Yeah, that's what all wanted to be. Well, I couldn't find a damn red and white flowered Hawaiian shirt for the life of me. No. So now he now he just wants to be like a Charlie Brown ghost, you know, the sheet. Mm-hmm. That's it, which is great. Well, I'm looking for sheets. I'm like an, I'm looking for the cheapest sheets I can find. Right. Ooh, what was that? Uh, me moving the plug so I can plug in the computer. Oh, okay. So the cheapest sheet I can find so far is $25. And, of wow. course, I have to buy the whole stuff. I mean, it's the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, crap. Do you have a Walmart? You should be able to get a flat yeah, I'm sheet gonna ha- at Walmart. But well, I don't know I if to, they'll have white. I just went I went to Sam's Club just to mm-hmm. see what they had. I'm going to check Target, too. Yeah. Because... I mean, I have Walmart, but it's really just not that close. Oh, that makes sense. That's the only thing I have that is close. Hey, that's what I don't have close, really. I mean, it's close to my office, but it's still about 15 minutes away from my office, too. Wow. Well, good luck. That would be fun to, oh, yeah. to be so, a ghost. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, he just wants the sheet. Mm-hmm. Get the eyes cut, I mean, just cutting it out and when it when it is and just, like, trying to maneuver everything and just do a jagged edge. I'm like, it's going to be the easiest costume to do. That's what he wants to do. He's like, I want to be a Charlie Brown one. No, that's I'm, perfect. Yeah, I'm like, okay. I asked my kids today. Well, one of my kids today, I sat down at the table and I looked at him. And I said, your eyebrows are green. And he laughed. He said, I got my face painted this weekend. I said, I can tell. Because there's like a line that goes from his hairline down his face and across his eyebrows. And it's totally this light pale green. And, <laughs> and so I told his mom, I said, we liked his green eyebrows today. And she said, yeah, we got our face painted yesterday. And I said, that looks good. <laughs> so I literally had one of the parents, I was carrying a bowl of flour. Mm-hmm. And he reached into the bowl of flour with his finger, and he got his finger flowery, and he reached over, and he just put a big old spot on my nose and then laughed at me. It was funny. And then he was like, I, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> you know, he did it because you can tell he's just a big kid. And then he thought about it and went, oh, crap, maybe I shouldn't have done that. It was pretty funny. Well, I suppose we should start, and hopefully Scott's okay. He hasn't answered my last missive. but Oh, did you, oh, I forgot, I, I don't know, did you hear my Hufflepuff story, my Pafoinian wonderful story about the bank? 
No. <laughs> what did you do? Okay, I go to my bank. All right, and I go through the drive-through where I was making a deposit. And so when I get to the bank, there's to see the teller. They have like a little screen. Uh huh. Oh, that's right. I do know this story. Okay. Go ahead. Tell okay. me the rest. So I go in there. I pull up, and you see yourself first, and then you call the teller, and you see the teller. And usually when I'm sitting there waiting for the teller to call me back or whatever it is, I'm sitting there, I'm doing my hair, I'm making faces and stuff like that because that's the goofball I am. Right. Teller comes on, and all I see is her chest. Mm -hmm. That's it. I mean, it wasn't that she was revealing. It was all covered up, but all I saw was this green checkered chest with her name tag and part of her chin. (laughs) And I'm so dumbfounded, and I'm trying not to laugh because I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, that's all I'm seeing is her chest. <laughs> so I do my banking, and I get back to work, and I'm just giggling really hard <laughs> at myself because I'm like, only me would this happen to. And I'm just laughing, and I call her my mom. She's my work mom. She's like yeah. my second mom. And she's like, Tisha, what are you doing? She always knows I'm in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and I tell her, she looks at me, you should call and tell them. I go, I know, but it was just so funny. I can't help myself. And I'm giggling. I'm like, okay, she was right. I need to call. So I call the bank and a man answers the phone. Oh, no. <laughs> just go, all right. I got something interesting to tell you. <laughs> he goes, I've heard it all. I go, I just pulled up to the drive-thru, and everything was fine. The service was wonderful. Yeah. But I think you have to raise the camera up. He went, huh? I go, all I did was talk to her chest. <laughs> he, just burst, he just burst out laughing. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> I think he was a little dumbfounded. Oh, I'm sure he was a little dumbfounded. But still. He's like, oh. I go, if it was me, I would want someone to tell me. Right. And I, he's like, okay. He goes, he's like, oh, thank you so much. I go, it just makes it more awkward that you answered the phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> That's like when the little kids fall at school or they're riding the trike and they have an accident and it's a little boy and he hits the bar with certain parts. Mm-hmm. And you got to tell the parent when they come what happened. And, you know, when it's the mom, you just tell them and it's no big deal. But when the dad comes, it just makes it so harder because they react. And then you feel embarrassed. And, I, I yeah, I understand this thing. So, oh, I mean, I just burst it out laughing. And I, the guy's laughing, too. And he's like, oh, thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, no problem. And so I put it up on Facebook, of course. Christian oh, yeah. being the smartass that he is and another old boyfriend of mine being the smartass that he is are like, they did this on purpose, blah, blah, blah. It just made the whole thing totally sexist. And, oh, yeah. And well, I didn't one of them say, were they pretty? Should I go to your bank or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, they weren't that great or something. I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to stay out of this conversation. This is bad. Yeah, they're like, I got a bank there. I'm like, they weren't that spectacular. Oh, well, that's fun, though. I was just like, I I, I just felt bad for this woman. I'm like, oh, my God. No, no, no. 
Yeah, and you, you know, you, excuse me, could you like raise the camera so I could see your face? What is it? I saw the perfect shirt the other day. This totally goes with this. It's one of the Woot shirts, and it's a little snail. And you know, snails have eyes at the top of their antennae, right? Right. So the little snail, and around his neck, he's got a little sign, and it says, "My eyes are up there," <laughs> and it points to its antenna. <laughs> <laughs> It would be perfect. Oh my god! But yeah, that was—it was just too much. I mean, it was the most hysterical thing I've done in a long time. I'm like, I'm like, why is this happening to me? And I'm telling the other girls at work, and we're all just giggling. Oh yeah, to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I can understand. I can. I can. Like, Trisha, I knew what this would happen to. I go, my god. <laughs> It's so true. I don't ask for this, but it just happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at you. You're even giggling. <laughs> oh, dear. We haven't even started yet, and we're way off course. It's very bad. We're always off course. We're going to call this Trisha and the boobs. <laughs> Not like Joni and the Judd is Trisha and the boobs. <laughs> yep, yep. <clears throat> It'll be fun. Alright, let's start this thing so you can go to bed and I can go to bed on time. I actually made the coffee and everything. I don't have to go back to the house if I don't want to. Although I have to at some point get the dog. And I suppose I should check on mom and make sure she's still conscious. Yeah, that would be nice. (laughs) It happened before 4 o'clock, so it's been 3 hours. So I'm assuming she hasn't had any traumatic brain trauma yet. (laughs) She's probably okay. And she's been with Mike. So it's not like I left her alone to podcast or anything. So we're good. What? I know. I'm a terrible daughter. You are. You're horrible. Trisha's boobs, Sue's a terrible daughter, and Scott's. (laughs) Scott's got his feet up. I don't know. We're gonna re- we're gonna listen to this in a year, and we're gonna go. Where was Scott? How come he's got his feet up? What's going on? <laughs> we won't know that he had his back out. Poor thing. No, we won't. We won't remember that. Part. No, 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 not at all. For Friday, October seventeenth, two thousand fourteen, this is episode one ninety seven of Potterfig Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Hey, Ron. Previously on Potterfic Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, let's start at the beginning. That would be awesome. My resolutions for this Potterfic Weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic Whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we we lose Scott? Okay, what did I miss? Am I surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. You are. Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my alphabet. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. Shit. I snort. I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> I think that's two, and that could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants, not oh. trousers. Waterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> <laughs> but I was planning on getting ravished anytime soon. Really, honestly. Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snake. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. 
We'll always laugh before the end Father, think we please Where the story never ends Okay, welcome to Potterfic Weekly, one of a series of podcasts. This is the flagship in our family of podcasts. I'm Sue. I'm Trisha. And, and Scott's here in spirit, but not actually in body. So get well, Scott. Yes. So, if you're not well by the time you hear this, you're in some serious trouble. You're in big trouble. <laughs> we are reviewing chapters 15 through 20. No. 19. We are reviewing chapters 19 through 24 of Albus Potter and the Year of the Badger by Barnabas Crutchty. Oh, that reminds me. I'm going completely off topic immediately. So on my Facebook... off topic for a while. I know. On my Facebook today from our friend Julia is a video of a man who's found this new Barbie doll-like thing. And she's part of the... Pussy packing mamas or something like that. And so okay, he. That's he, just, that's even a bad name. Oh no, wait, it gets better. So he pulls this thing out of the packaging and he's like, oh look, it's got shoes. And he said, oh directions. She's got a flamethrower. Let's read this. So he's reading the directions and it says, put her arms up over her head, bend her over so her head is towards the floor, put her feet down. Um, lift her skirt. This sounds naughty. And then lighter. And she totally has, like, sparklers shooting out of her crotch area. And he's sitting there going, holy cow, what is this thing? You know, they're shooting out, like, 15 inches. He's like, this is a toy for children. (laughs) It was pretty funny. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's just... (laughs) <laughs> the pistol pack and mamas. The pussy pack and mamas. She's armed and dangerous. I'm like, okay, this is bad. Wow. Yeah. So I'm reasonably sure he made it up. Please God, he made it up. But I, I don't. I don't know. Oh, I, I'm googling. I'm it, so googling now. It's part of a Japanese or something thing. I'm gonna look for it. I'll send it to you on Facebook. So while we're <clears throat> podcasting about this part, you're the badger. You said pussy pack and mama? Pussy pack and something. Yeah. Doing this the wrong way. Let's see. Okay. Pistol pack and mamas. No. Oh, that's porn. <laughs> Did you find it? <laughs> I found porn instead. <laughs> Here. It says toy doll shoots real flames out of its crotch. It's a YouTube video. I'll just send you the link. We won't be we won't be posting this for the general populace. Oops, wait, this oh isn't it. Where God. is Oops, oops, it started. <laughs> wait a minute. Where are you? How guess... long is it? Okay, where are you sending it to me? Uh it's three minutes and twenty six seconds. Oh here, okay. In just in our chat together. Do we want to take a minute so you can watch this? We'll do my reaction. <laughs> okay, there you go. Totally? <laughs> no, you're not a Dolly type of person at all. No, not at all. Oh, the Smoking Pussies Gang. Mm, that's it. I can't take him serious with, with this accent. It's so cute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can't do shit about the shoes. 
I think Scott may be joining us. <laughs> Should we warn you what you're watching? <laughs> Mr. Scott, add. There we go. <laughs> you haven't snorted yet. It's not too bad. Scott, Trisha's watching a video. Uh, that's always fun. Yes. Let's see. <laughs> It's about a doll that shoots flames out of... Ah, there's the snort! Oh, there you go. Out of its crotch. It's very, very interesting. Ouch. I better not watch anything funny. I can't laugh too much. But No, we don't want you oh, to well. laugh and, and get hurt. We actually just made the... Oh, my God, it got lighter! He's going to put the... He's going to get... This is almost as much fun just to listen to. I know. Oh my god! This is a freaking toy! (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit! How is she not flame retarded? (laughs) Well, I hope the dress is flame retarded. Oh my god! Smoke alarm just went off on it! I should put this in the show notes. Note down this podcast number for the next time we want to make an intro. Mm -hmm. I'm working on intro right now. I need this. So far I have Kelly saying, did I snore? And, you know, that's just not enough. (gasps) Shit, that was funny. This reaction, and then the damn smoke alarm went off. Ooh. <laughs> oh my god, I gotta put those on Facebook. No one will ever believe this shit. <laughs> wow. We're way off course. Off course? I think you mean derailed. But Scott's here now. Maybe he can rein us in. Okay, Scott, we had actually just introduced ourselves and the show. We said you were here in spirit, not in body. So if you want to say, hi, I'm here now in body, then we can start. Hi, everyone. And I'm Scott. (laughs) Are you you Uh, doing a little better? You must be doing a a little little better. Yes. I read about half of the first chapter because I've been having adventures. I managed to... I don't really know what I did exactly. Apparently... Trying to clip toenails and put it on socks at the same time is too much repetitive movement or something. Mm. I don't know. But yeah, I had uh, about, I don't know, it would have been around mm, 5.30-ish today. I was doing that whilst watching something, and I was on the couch, and then I discovered that I couldn't move. And uh, yeah, so I sort of had to wiggle myself onto the floor and crawled over onto my bed and stuff, and... uh, managed to do that, and then after I was chatting with you guys and went silent, I managed to make it through the intermediate stages to be completely standing up, and that's an okay position. It's just all the bending involved in between mm-hmm. that doesn't work. Right. So I sort of pushed my computer chair around and walked around the house a little bit that way, because I realized as I was laying here on the bed on my stomach that I had to go to the bathroom, and that would not be good. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I managed to stand up and 
go and sort of do that. So now I'm wandering around the house with my pets down around my ankles because I can't pick them up again. Um, <laughs> well, you know, that's okay. <laughs> Bob, Bob podcast without pants it, all the time. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, do you ever have one of those, like, um, I don't know, those little grabby things? Maybe you can do that. <laughs> you got any tongs? Yeah, I need a pair of cell tongs or something. But no, I don't. <laughs> I took my vitamin C and echinacea for all the good that's likely to do, but it's here, so I took it anyway. Because mm-hmm. I don't have anything else because I've never needed, you know, ibuprofen or... Yeah, well, that's what I kept thinking. Or you whatever else. some sort of yeah. ibuprofen or something like that. And when you went silent for a while, I was starting to worry about you. I'm like, I hope his neighbor can come and help him if he's stuck somewhere. <laughs> And unfortunately, he's not here because it's Thanksgiving weekend. That's uh, right. Uh, happy, Thanksgiving. Yes, happy Thanksgiving. I was going to tell you that when I first talked to you tonight, but other things happened. Yes. I did phone my landlady and leave a message because I thought I heard somebody upstairs, but nobody responded. So I don't know if they're not there either or if she just came in and went outside again or it was mm-hmm. somebody else. Um, that you heard. There has been a message left anyway. Um, well, that's good. And I managed, having come back from all of that, I did manage to lay down on my back instead of my stomach, so it's a little mm-hmm. better now. But I still can't really disposition move, much. <laughs> move too much. Okay, well, we will make you laugh, hopefully. And we will get through this as quick as we can so you can do something different. Tomorrow is going to be interesting. Hopefully sleeping just sort of fixes everything, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to get up and go to work. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, do you have a heating pad? Not really, no. I did try at one point to take my pillow that I'd been laying on and kind of move that underneath me and see Mm -hmm. if that did anything, but I don't know. I mean, lay on the floor if you can get a chance to put your, like, your feet up. (laughs) What is your, all I can see is poor Scott on the floor with his feet up going, help, I've fallen and I can't (laughs) can't (laughs) Well, the thing is that will stretch out, or if you, if you have a wall, as you say, yeah, do you have a wall, wall next to your bed that you can just put your feet up against? Maybe that would, uh, that way. Yeah, because that will stretch out your lower back. You don't want to be your on lower the... back, it'll stretch everything out. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't want to get down on the floor if you can't get back up. That would be bad. Yes. I did manage to get up here the one time, so I could probably do it again, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rach, we can podcast for now anyway. I guess I'm the new gen for this week. Okay. You can be the new I don't know. Kid. That's cool. We'll see if I can read this on my phone or not. But uh. <laughs> There is that. So, okay, well, we're starting with Chapter 19, which is Curiouser and Curiouser. Mm. And if you remember... Curiouser and Curiouser. I don't know. I can hear the voice in my head, from, but I don't know what it's I from. Can't. It's from what? It's from Alice in Wonderland. It's the, That's it. Yeah, uh, Caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland. Or no, she says that when she's talking to him, something like that. Okay. Okay, so I was wrong. It has nothing to do with the caterpillar at all. In the book, she says it just after she eats the cake that makes her grow giant. In the Disney film, she says it after chasing the rabbit through a series of smaller and smaller doors. Curiouser and curiouser. I could so hear Alan Rickman say that. Who are you? Absalom. You're not Absalom. I'm Absalom. The question is, who are you? Alice. We shall see. What do you mean by that? 
I ought to know who I am. Yes, you ought, stupid duck. So, if our listeners will remember the last podcast, Albus had just sat down and revealed his secrets to Scorpius and Rose after getting them to guess what Cormac was, and they're like, "Well, we already knew that, stupid." Duh. And so, starting off now, they're trying to figure out who the mystery wizard is, and they've their speculation is starts immediately. Albus thought there'd be stunned silence, but yeah, not with these two. They're like four steps ahead of him. I just love Rose because why don't we tell a professor? Yeah, it's Albus spotted this strange figure by Cormac. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they, uh, you know, they. Well, what if it's is it Professor Farrell? No, it couldn't have been him. He was in the grandstand when Cormac got imperious, and you can't see the tunnel from there, and it can't be Flint because he was with Victoire doing the uh, commentator, and, yeah, Rose is like, let's tell a professor. I'm like, we don't know which one we can trust. Oh, that doesn't work. And then she's like, oh, we're in a spot, and that really just sets, it sets all this off. It's like, okay, they're in this with me. It's kind of nice, kind of like mm-hmm. realization, you know what, I'm not alone, kind of thing. And then Scorpius does the nice little thing. He goes, well, since we're sharing, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to share too. Yeah, only and his share is not very nice. No, he can't come home. No. Because it just makes things hectic, which, you know what, I mean, in so many things that you can understand. I mean, if you don't want to make the kid... No, Grandpa's off his rocker, and he's already causing trouble. And if Scorpius goes home, Grandpa's going to make Scorpius' life a living hell. Yeah. So, yeah, so poor Scorpius, he can't go home, and he hasn't wanted to tell them. And then he kind of says, okay, back to what we were talking about in a tone that says, we're not going to talk about this anymore. And Rose tries really, really hard to not talk about it, but she can't. It's kind of funny, the three of them, they'll say something totally off the wall, mm-hmm. and it just gets them all to start giggling, and that's how they diffuse a lot of different stuff. Right. Which is kind of neat. Kind of like it, us. Yes, in a way. So, Albus just is like, okay, Rose, you're just, oh, she doesn't give up. Mm-hmm. And he groans and bangs his head on the wood in frustration. It's just like, Albus, will you stop that? You're going to sprinkle the wood. Mm-hmm. And that just gets them to drop the subject and move on. Yeah. Kind of thing. And they go down, and they go play in the snow. I never thought of impervious their shoes. Yeah. Their shoes and go skating. Never thought thought about doing that. No, that's a grand idea. So they can slide around on their shoes and skate around and not have to worry about it. I think that's really fun. And they... Huge snowball fight. Yep. And they're losing because they got ambushed. Although Scorpius, with his seeker reflexes, can catch the snowballs out of midair and hurl them back. But usually he just tosses them to Albus, who's got the better aim. Then all of a sudden, this gigantic snowball whizzes by, and Cormac's thrown it. And Cormac, you know, has super strength. And they're just like, whoa, how strong is he? Every time I hear Cormac, I'm like, Cormac McLaggen. Well, I know. It's not the same one. No. I just wish they named I just one thing I wish he could have named them Edgecomb or something. Jeez. Mm-hmm. And I love that they invite the Gryffindors back to the cellar. And they spend yeah. an afternoon drinking hot chocolate and eating snacks. Oh, can you just see the elves just going crazy? But do you want an extra marshmallow? Do you want me to heat that up for you again? Yeah. And keeping them just full all the time and being excited that somebody else rather than Hufflepuffs are down there. Can you imagine how big the Hufflepuffs are? I know. They almost look like me. 
Chow. <laughs> and apparently, Albus is really, really good at chess. The only one that has a chance of beating him. the seven flights of stairs to... You did what? Seven flights of stairs flights to what? Stairs? Scott! <laughs> apparently, I'm on a terrible delay. Um. <laughs> yes, it sounds like you're on a terrible delay. I'm like, what the hell is seven flights of stairs? That's the thing. Buffs near the kitchens. Mm-hmm. Is it still there? I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's the bit that comes through clearly. Uh, what are you going to do? Not only, Scott, do we have a delay, but you break up. So you say, the Hufflepuff's flights of stairs down, you know, so we kind of wait. It's like waiting for Ryan to stop the monologue. You have to kind of wait in silence for a minute because you don't know whether or not the actual speaking has stopped. So there you wow. go. You've been compared to Ryan. How's that? Mm-hmm. And he's but agreeing to he's thing. agreeing to what I said five minutes ago, not what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> this will be fun. I was just talking about the irony of the Ravenclaws and Gryffindors having the towers, and mm-hmm. so they get all the exercise, and then the Hufflepuffs, who don't get the exercise, are the ones next to the kitchens. Mm, that's right. That's good. That makes a whole lot of sense when you hear it all at once. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so they're talking about windows, because the Hufflepuffs say, yeah, it's nice and cozy down here, but we don't have any windows. And the Gryffindors are like, yeah, but in the winter, the windows are cold, and in the summer, the windows are hot, so you're not missing anything. I think I would kind of, I, that was the only thing I probably would not like about it. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice, warm, and cozy and everything like that, but you know what? I would have to have, like, I don't know, it's like the hologram. You have a picture, and you could flip it through different mm-hmm. seasons or something like that. Or they can just, I mean, they can make the Great Hall ceiling look like the sky outside. They can put a window in the cellar so they can see what's outside. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say. Because, you know what? <laughs> I'd be claustrophobic. I'd be like, ah, ah, I need to look outside. Yeah, that's true. So they have a great afternoon, and then the next morning at breakfast, they get an owl. Another one. Yes, with a daily profit attached and a note from Dad that says, Tell Scorpius I'm looking into this leak. And Nita Skeeter has struck again. More news from the Badger Hole. It says that Hufflepuff is favored to beat Ravenclaw in the Quidditch, and Scorpius Malfoy is staying for the holidays. Yeah. And they're like, wait a minute, how'd he know this? Yeah, I mean, he didn't tell anybody until, like, last time. And your first reaction is just like, I don't tell these two people. Why are they telling? But the mm-hmm. thing is, he knows. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it would be a first reaction, but uh, it would be kind of like, wait a minute. I know they wouldn't have told anybody else. Yeah. And then, of course, Grandpa sends a... Grandpa, do you love it? Can you think of a word that less describes Lucius? Yeah. Grandpa. You know, of course, he sends another howler. Because... That's just what he does. And we move on to chapter 20, The Last Straw. You suppose that's the straw that broke the camel's back? I hope so. (laughs) We've got Christmas! And we find out that Haggard's nephew, Hagger, is brought in a few trees that are huge. And he's only eight years old, but it's hard to tell because he's huge, because he's part giant. And Grop has... Started a human-friendly clan of giants up in the mountains above Hogsmeade, so it's kind of a family affair now. Believe it or not, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fun. 
I love how they're decorating the Christmas tree. Professor Patil's blowing colored bubbles with her wand, which turn into Christmas balls, and they decorate the tree all over. And Bast has sparkles and icicles from the top down, and Professor Flint puffs on his pipe as he's raised in the palm of Hagger's hand to the top of the tree so he can pour a potion over him, and basically it makes snow that clings to the branches and stuff like that. So they're just having a good time. Oh, yeah. It's like that spray snow stuff you're supposed to be able to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but probably 100,000 times better because that yeah. fake stuff's no good. Yeah, it never works. Nope. And Albus and Rose have sent off letters that they're hiding from Scorpius because they're going to stay. And Scorpius has become all listless and withdrawn ever since the news broke. Because he's kind of a, you know, he's a Malfoy and they're kind of secretive. And they don't like their dirty laundry aired. And this is basically, his dirty laundry has been aired, and so he's pouting. Well, the thing is, I mean, yeah, pretty much anybody, but yeah, I mean, he's had, what, 11 years of growing up to be this way. That's something, it's going to take a long time for him to get over. Oh, yeah. He kind of sneaks out, and Albus and Rose go after him, and they come upon the Slytherins, who have basically cornered him, and... They're baiting him, and finally they say something that really sets Scorpius off, and Scorpius jumps him. And he is beating the holy snot out of this kid. And of course, oh, the- like, I see Ralphie. Mm hmm. No. Sucker, fucking, fucking, sucker. Yeah. And the other two are coming to help their buddy because, you know, he's outnumbered, and Albus and Rose get in the way. And I love Rose. She, uh, Wingardium Leviosa is one of them. She's pretty funny. They're going along, and all of a sudden they hear this voice. What's going on in here? And it was Neville. And he's like, he didn't even recognize Neville's voice at first. And they're like, he started it. Scorpius started it. Rose shouts. Oh, like a bunch of little whiny. Oh, they're little whiny brats. Yeah, I love Rose. Oh, grow up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she doesn't even care that Neville shoots her a look. So everybody's got detention. Yeah, there is a significant glance. <laughs> I know. I thought that was great. If it said a significant glance, I would have stopped right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love this. You know, Rose commented, he was right. Albus is confused. What? Scorpius, go on. No, Wingardium Leviosa, my wrist really was too stiff. And she's laughing. <laughs> Albus rolls his eyes. So they go down to the cellar and they wait. Because Scorpius is mad. He is madder than a wet hen. He's spitting... He is not a happy camper. Better than a what? Wet hen. I've never heard of that. Really? Well, that's yeah. a saying around here, especially on a chicken farm. <laughs> I would say. Probably. So they go off to wait. The Slytherins haul their buddy off to the hospital wing, and Scorpius goes with Neville. And when he comes back, he looks a little better. And he's like, I got us in a spot of trouble, didn't I? And they're like, yeah, it's all right. And Scorpius you feel says, better? Yeah. Eventually. Being on a pure blood get was good therapy. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Apparently, Neville has shared a little bit of his family history with Scorpius. And so Scorpius knows that staying at school over the holidays isn't the worst thing that could have happened. And they kind of want to know what happened, or at least Albus does, but Scorpius won't tell. That's for Neville to tell, not for me. And, of course, Fred and James take the Mickey out the next morning because they've got detention. Ha, 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 ha. They think it's really funny, but they say, Albus is like, well, it's just with Uncle Neville. How bad can it be? You know, it's Uncle Neville. It'll be fine. 
And James and Fred Just look like, at each other. Just like, it's going to be with Hagrid. It will be fine. Yeah. He talks to potted plants. And they're like, tell Umbridge we said hi. We're like, Umbridge is in Azkaban. What are they talking about? Well, I guess we'll find out. They find out. They do find out. And I love this plant. <laughs> This is, this is, this is Mike on steroids right here. Yeah, that's the first thing I'm like, it's Mike! I know, it's totally my venomous tentacular plant. So basically, they're told that they have to trim the branches on the Dolores Umbridge plant. That's not what it's called. Oh, the Umbridge weed. Which, the idea here is that the Dementors are driven away from Azkaban, so they need something that's going to protect the inmates in the prison and keep them in there and keep other people out. So they dig a moat around it, and they put the umbrage weed in the moat to keep people away. And basically, this is a cross between a venomous tentaculus and devil's snare. And all of a sudden, there's a smack on the glass, and he goes, oh, yes, thanks, Dolores. She's got a bit of Whomping Willow as well. Can't believe I forgot that. Sorry. <laughs> and he is sending these kids in to trim her branches with broadswords, no less. And they're told that they have to have all the branches trimmed to the same length. She needs a haircut at least twice a month. So one of you distract her, another cut the tips, and the third one rescues the distractor afterwards. And if she stings you, I have some antidote, but not very much, and it takes a long time to bruise. So try not to get stung too often, because we don't have very much. It takes 12 hours to brew. And then he's like, okay, have fun, see you later. And off he goes. I'll be in my office. And they're just looking at each other going, holy crap. And they come back from this detention two and a half hours later. Mm-hmm. Because the, it's not just them. It's also the Slytherins who are with them, too. Right, yeah. One has to do one half, and the other has to do the other half. The one group. It, and they go, so how was detention? Scorpius replies, finally found something more terrible than seeing that Aunt Delphine's and Uncle Mike's. Pink <laughs> <laughs> Pomeranians aren't scary anymore. <laughs> it's the umbrage plant. She wears pink, too. <laughs> Little bows. They have to tie little bows wherever uh, she's getting the trim. Yeah, you gotta, so you know which ones have got trimmed. There you go. I wonder if she's got any kitty cats in there too. <laughs> we did that in unison too. <laughs> we did do that really well, didn't we? <laughs> uh, but Gertie the house elf has seen them go through the kitchen and she brings them some pumpkin juice because she thinks they maybe need a pickup. Oh, they probably need some more than just pumpkin juice, maybe a butter beer. Mm-hmm. And they break the news to Malboy that they're staying for the holidays. And he says, I don't suppose I can change your mind. And Rose says, Scorpius, dear, when have you ever changed my mind? <laughs> yep. And so the next morning when the list goes up, they sign it. And, of course, that's going to start all kinds of trouble with James and Fred. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. The next chapter. Regret and ruminations. Yes, the owls start coming. They do. And we start off with... A howler. From... Daddy. Daddy, Ron. Ron, yeah. Ron, Ron, Ron. Ron, Ron, idiot. Yep. (laughs) And here comes another owl, and it's a ministry owl, and she's like, oh, crap, here comes one from Mom now. Mom's like, dearest Rosie, I apologize for not catching your dad before he sent the howler. 
I assumed it arrived shortly before this owl. Your father is temperamental and thoughtless at times. You know this. But he's passionate. He loves you. And he can't imagine a holiday without you. I couldn't get him to change his mind, so I've appealed to a higher authority, Grandma Weasley, Weasley. who has sent him a howler. It does not say that, but that's exactly what's happened. Mm -hmm. And you should be getting an apology soon. (laughs) Love, Mom. (laughs) And I like it, because we'll send along your presents and give Alvis and Scorpius my love. Mm -hmm. And they're like, are you going to give us our love? Yeah. And James comes over, and he's absolutely delighted. What do you think you're doing? I'll get all your presents. And I don't know what he's thinking, because you know they're going to send the presents to the school. He's not going to get the presents at all oh, this way. Yeah, he's just being a little... He's, a, he's an older brother. He's a mm-hmm. butthead. He is a butthead. Sorry, I really don't like James in this. No, but I James don't think you're supposed to. Yeah, I guess not. He's just a big brat. Mm-hmm. Flurry, you do not get into the mask. How come? Oh. No, she's in the bag. I don't think there's anything in the bag. Bags are fun. Oh, yeah. We know that. Until they get caught in it and just run around like a chicken with their head cut off. Mm-hmm. She's caught in a bag and she can't get out of it. Aww. So they start talking about their family gatherings. First, I think they're thinking about it, but Alba's just thinking about Christmas with the Potters and how Rolf and Luna, the international travelers with wonderful stories, come with their two twin boys. Who are scarier than the twins ever were. (laughs) I think that's great. And Rolf and Luna are just calm and matter-of-fact about it, while one's fishing one out of the dishwater and one's coaxing the other off the ceiling. They just love each other to pieces, which is cool because I've, uh... Ooh, and it really does say sink of dishwater. I thought there was a typo there because the text reader cannot read that word. It messes it up each time. I just totally lost that. (laughs) So I thought maybe there was a typo, but it's not. It's just the text reader. And then there's Uncle Neville and Sweet Aunt Hannah, who show up with really good booze. Of course. Well, you know, she does own the pub, so that works. She owns the Linky Cauldron. Mm-hmm. And I love this. I They can get together at number 12, Grimald Place, Albus's home, which has a wing of requirement on it with automatic extension charms so that the whole family can come and be comfortable. Because the blacks were afraid that there was going to be a war between the muggles and wizards, and they needed a house big enough for all the purebloods to stay at. And now all they do is host the biggest blood trader family in modern times. <laughs> These people are rolling over in their graves. Oh, yeah. So. The only creature knew how many bedrooms and lavatories the disappearing and reappearing wing could create. When he was up there to does, he was gone along. <laughs> he's, he's gone a week or two. Anybody seen Creature? Oh, he's dusting the West Wing. Oh, okay. We'll see him in a week. Send him some food. And then Blackbriar Manor, which is the Pruitt ancestral home, which is where... Aunt Muriel. Thank you. I lost the name. Aunt Muriel lived. And it's been deeded to Ron and Hermione and has become an elf sanctuary, which would just make Aunt Muriel roll over in her grave. We've got them all spinning tonight. And then, of course, there's the burrow. It doesn't really sink in what they're doing until their friends start packing up and getting ready to go. Yeah. And then they're like, okay. So they ask Scorpius, well, what's your Christmas look like? They sleep at home. They sleep in late and they have tea. Then they go to Malfoy Manor and sit on a long table where they have to use a sonorous charm so they can hear each other. I know. This just made me laugh. Grandfather makes snide remarks about my mom. And it insinuates she's not fit to be a mouth. <laughs> Dad responds with some well-placed snarks. <laughs> <laughs> and 
many gifts presents that are expensive but inappropriate and won't be able to use them until he's 50. Which is totally the opposite of my grandfather, who used to give me presents for a four-year-old when I was ten. So, yeah. there you go. They go home, and Dad talks Mom out of the liquor cabinet long enough to sit by the fire and open presents from Grandma. Yeah. <laughs> Dad and I talk while Mom's floors on the couch. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm going to miss that. Yeah. <laughs> and Alice is absolutely horrified. And Rose is pretty much horrified, too, but she's not commenting, and Albus is proud of her. They're like, well, what's that mm. like? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Rose is like, well, me and my brother get woke up on my dad, who's dressed up like Father Christmas, except for that my dad's, like, skinny, so he really looks like a candy staff, which is really a candy cane, all yeah. striped red and white. I love it. And then we go to my muggle grandparents' house, and mom and dad argue over what to bring to the Weasleys, because mom can't cook, so we buy something from the muggle market and pass it off. And you just see them in the deli. I'd like some macaroni and cheese, and maybe some of that stuffing, and what kind of pies did you make today? <laughs> I, you know what, I can see her finally going, even telling her mom, Mom, buy me something. Mm-hmm. And put it in one of your dishes. Yeah, that's exactly it. Oh, I've done that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just going buy it and then dump it in your own dish. But then people want to know the recipe, and then you're in trouble. Oh, I, I um, see. I do what my cousin does to me. It's a family recipe. I look at her. I'm like, I am family. <laughs> and she goes, well, you're not a parrot. And I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. No, but you're still my family. No, I can't give it. Pisses me off if she does that. I bet. I think she buys them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could well be. So we've got James is, uh, yeah, James I can always hear. does something horrible, though. Yeah, he wakes him up. And then Creature makes his rainbow flaming pudding for lunch, along with all the traditional sides. <gasps> and, <laughs> and all you can think of is the one gay unicorn, huh? No, oh, I was thinking it's something flames coming out of that girl's butt. <laughs> I'm glad those flames weren't rainbow. That would have been very bad. Oh, my God. I would have died. The guy's face is like, you see this shit? <laughs> I, I sent Julia a message and said, we're talking about this on the podcast. She's like, oh, my God. Are you serious? I said, yep. She's like, oh, I can't believe you did that. It's up and no one's even said anything. Aww. On Facebook. I go, holy shit. This is funny. And no one said. No one's even looked at it yet. That's no too bad. Oh, they don't know what's going. I they don't. I'll work for it. Give them some. Like, oh, you have to watch this. Yeah, make a comment in the comments. Usually, James gets in trouble because he's got some sort of gag gift, and I love what Alma says. He's been punished so much on Christmas, I don't think he's ever tasted Grandma Molly's treacle tart. So James is always in trouble. Poor James. Oh. And then we have a toast. And normally oh. I would make Scott read this, but since he probably can't see the phone and talk at the same time. But I don't know if it would come through. Yeah. Uncle George's traditional toast. For those we love who are still here, we pledge our love and give three cheers. For those we love who cannot be, we give a salute to these three, the Potters, the Lupins, and Sirius Two. 
And to my fine brother, Fred, ears Ears to you. you. (laughs) They hold up an ear. And Scorpius is like, what does that mean? And they're like, well, just wait until you meet my Uncle George. You'll understand then. (laughs) Yes, you can just see. Ears to you? What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. I'm guessing he has a false yeah, yeah. He, I think he gets new false ears every once in a while just to trade them out. So you, can... I bet you he gets like Spock ears, mm-hmm. and I bet you get like elf ears, and then yeah, he goes shopping during the Muggle Halloween season, and he comes back <laughs> with all these new ears to try. It's great. Yeah, but Albus gets a letter from Dad, and Harry says, "I know you're probably homesick, and you might even be regretting your decision, but I want to say that." When I stayed over the Christmas holidays and Uncle Ron and Aunt Hermione stayed with me, those were the best. And I've always kind of wondered if Grandma and Grandpa Weasley didn't go on that trip the first time so that I wouldn't be alone. Don't worry about what's going on. I'm going to investigate. I would say steer clear, but you've got my blood, so I know that's not happening, and I'm not going to ask you what you're doing because I don't want to know because my blood will freeze in my veins. <laughs> and I love you. Stay as safe as you can. Love, Dad. Aww. Well, at least he's not being the overprotective kind of thing. He's <laughs> like, yeah, you know what? Kids are kids. Yeah. And he does tell him that he's got a special present coming and a surprise visitor for Christmas, so. Well, know what it is. And we find out that Kian, Carrie, and Cameron are staying, but they're down at the end eating quietly. And then Liam has also stayed for the Christmas holidays. And then we move to chapter... <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> I don't know what that was. A Christmas tale. It's Christmas morning. And guess who's there? Oh, I bet it's Creature. Creature. Creature who has come to fix Albus his dinner because Creature has cooked Christmas dinner for Albus for all of these years and he is not going to stop now. So Creature's cooking two meals today. But Creature is stressed up. He is. It was Mistress Lily's idea. Mm-hmm. Creature's just doing what he's been bitten. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking to myself, didn't she just give him clothes? <laughs> <laughs> really? Well, he's a free elf. He, I'm sure they freed him. He just likes to stay on. So he's wearing Santa Claus clothes. So cute. And she totally loves to hug him. And he's always saying, now, Mistress Lily, old creature is an elf, not a teddy bear. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I love Scott, who pops in every once in a while with sage remarks and then Uh. disappears again. It's because I can only keep you as much as you can hear me. So on this podcast to get the half of it that I don't know. That's okay. (laughs) So poor Scorpius is woken up early because of all the commotion that's going on. But he gets introduced to Creature, and that's very nice. Creature is happy to meet a fine, pure-blooded folk. Albus unwraps his presents, and he gets a book. Ministry-approved Quidditch safety book from Uncle Percy, of course. Don't use your head as a beater bat. I love this. And other Quidditch no-nos by Injurious Head. <laughs> That's the author. <laughs> oh, dear. Get the idea he probably did use his head as a beater bat at one point. Uh, I'm sure he has. And Scorpius gets a jumper from Grandma Weasley. And Scorpius is like, your grandma made this for me? And I was like, yeah, she makes them for everybody. But your grandmother made this for me? And I was like, I Yeah. Well, no, she doesn't do it by hand. She orchestrates the... the well, but basically it's hand. And he's never, ever had anything homemade before. And he's just floored. And so Albus says, well, look, she made some homemade cookies, too. You can help me eat them. 
I'd go for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Teddy and Andy send him some forearm guards to match his... Match his um, gloves. Gloves. So it makes you kind of think of who got him the gloves through, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Kind of thing. Maybe Andy had a hand in that glove. Maybe. <clears throat> bum Nice pun. <laughs> Thank you. Rose gets Scorpius a book called I'm Right and You're Wrong, Learning to Accept This Fact by Hermione Granger Weasley. <laughs> and we find out nah. that Hermione has, yeah, nine books that she's written. 24. Like, 24 she's books that she's written. 24 by my last count. She's prolific, is Aunt Hermione. And Albus says, Creature, do you have another gift from Dad? And he gets a box, and the first thing he gets is The Diaries of Alistair Mad-Eye Moody by Orion Cody. And it's basically a book that was written by an author who knew Moody because they went to a conference together. I love this, that the wizards are going to conferences too. And basically they found Moody's notes and diaries and they've put them into book form. And it's what Harry uses to teach his oars. So now Albus has this book that Harry uses as a textbook. So that's really cool. And then we get the invisibility cloak. And I kind of like this. Harry says, I was going to give the cloak to your brother, but he got into my drawer and stole the Marauder's Map. So he's picked which... He's gone. Yeah, he's picked which one he gets, and you get this now. I guess he said he did offer it to Teddy, and Teddy turned it down. Mm-hmm. Like, one of my sons. Yeah. And don't, and you know how I feel about him, but I have to respect his wishes. Yeah. Don't tell your mom. You're too young to be fatherless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They go down and tell Rose, and Rose is like, really? Your dad gave you the invisible, the Deathly Hollows invisibility cloak? Yeah, well, you know, at least it's in good hands. And Elvis is like, are you kidding me? I'm just 11. And she says, that's how old your dad was when he got it. And you're in trouble with a goblin, a leprechaun, not to mention a random dark wizard to be named later. I think it's probably a good idea you have this cloak. No one can see you. Mm-hmm. But Scorpius is a little afraid of it, so he kind of <laughs> hides it off. They settle in, and Kian starts bothering Scorpius because of his Weasley jumper. And, of course, they've already linked Rose and Scorpius together, so now that someone in the family has knitted him a sweater, they must really be an item. Then he starts in on Rose. Is that mudblood mom of yours visiting the muggles? She might impress some people, but she'll always be a mongrel. And Albus has told her that she can't attack and Rose is just, like, pleading with him with her eyes. And now he's really mad, too. So he does the worst he could do to Kian, and he turns Rose loose. <laughs> and she just goes after him. Kian, love, Albus and I are here voluntarily. Scorpio was asked to stay at Hogwarts to spare his family drama. Why are you, pray tell? <laughs> this butt around the... What's a Grigmont? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the scuttlebutt around the Wizengamot is that Christoph Carey's secretary came back from a long business trip with him, sporting expensive new spell enhancements to her figure that would put your eye out. So you're stuck here because dear old dad's working on the future. It's Mrs. Carey, number three, as we speak. <laughs> yeah, don't make Rose mad. She goes for the juggler and she's merciless. Yeah, yeah. it was funny. Mm-hmm. And typical bully, he's like, my henchman's going to put you in the hospital wing for that. He's not even going to dirty his own hands. He's going to sick, oh, yeah. sick the henchman. Off. But Cormac just kind of reaches down and picks up the stool that Albus is sitting on and then puts him back down. And Cameron's like, uh, wh- what are you? And Cormac says, I'm just wiry. <laughs> I'm wiry. Wiry? Wiry? 
But he leaves them alone, so that works. Then they visit with crumbs, and they find out that the beater girls are hanging out with the crumbs for Christmas, so that's cool. Then they go down to dinner. And everyone's there. Mm-hmm. The house elves dim mm-hmm. the lights. Having built the snow castle. Mm-hmm. Well, snow castles are fun. Creature brings out his flaming pudding. And even the Slytherins are wide-eyed at the myriad of colors the pudding puts off. It should be coming out of someone's butt. <laughs> no, it should not be coming out of someone's butt. That is very bad. And the house elves start to leave after they serve the food. And Shacklebolt says, no, you get to join us. And they're not quite sure, but... They do finally sit down and join them. And then Sweetie and Dinky, who are the house elves that help Uncle George's Diagon Alley shop. Yeah, I don't know how. Okay, they're helping. Why are they, why are they at Hogwarts? Maybe think, visiting. Yeah, I think they came in to visit. Okay. Dinky has a problem. Yeah, Dinky does. He's got EVPS. Elven Voluntary Punishment Syndrome, which is what happens when you learn to enjoy the punishments that you give yourself. And usually if you have this syndrome, you just end up killing yourself. But instead, Aunt Hermione rescued him and sent him off to work in George's shop. It's kind of the guinea pig. And he loves it. (laughs) It bothers Hermione, but he does. He loves it. Mm -hmm. And they even have stock. Yeah, they've been made full partners. partners. Because Sweetie can't tell anybody anything. Mm -hmm. That's why it's called Sweetie. And Shacklebolt stands up and says, I feel like all staff members should be accommodated, and it's come to my attention that the house elves absolutely love Quidditch, but they can't see over the rails to see the game. Which doesn't make sense to me, because aren't the bleachers sort of risers? Yeah. And the game is, like, played in the air? But anyhow, I like the premise behind it. So We're just going to go because the plot said so. Yeah, that's exactly what we're going to do. The plot said so. Because the plot says so. They have made elf-sized bleachers next to the teacher's stands so the elves can go and enjoy Quidditch. And everybody cheers and whistles and is very, very happy. And where his mother helped him. Mm-hmm. She was responsible. Her law allowed me to get this past the board of directors because you know that Lucius had a fit with this one. <laughs> Not only is my grandson an awful buff, but now you want to give the house elves bleachers so they can watch the game? No, they're supposed to be working. What are you talking about? You just see the rant. I can see the rant. He's a, Yeah, he's jumping up and down like Scrooge McDuck. A sea monster ate my ice cream. A sea monster ate my ice cream. Ah! A sea monster ate my ice cream. Yeah, that's it. So they head back down to the common room, and Albus decides he's going to take his new invisibility cloak out for a stroll. And he's out wandering around when Filch walks through the wall and he stops. And Filch, like, knows he's there and he's looking all around, but he can't see him. And Mrs. Norris knows he's there, but she can't really tell. It's not like the story that I just read where she can actually talk to him. (laughs) And they go off chasing Peeves and Albus is like, this is brilliant! And then he hears voices. And he's got Growltooth, who's got somebody caught. And he can't remember the trap. So he's like, what are you doing hanging up there? I'm supposed to do something about this, but I can't remember what. And he's caught Liam. Let me down. Let me down. So Albus takes the cloak off and goes around the corner and, oh, it's you, Potter. Why am I not surprised, says Growltooth. 
No, says Liam, and Growlithe looks at him, and he's like, you're familiar, but I don't know who you are. Can you tell me why this boy is upside down? And Albus tries to lower Liam to the floor without hurting him, and he cracks him in the head. Crunch. He ends up taking Growlithe to the hospital wing, and we found out that he has been confunded. Dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> I have a cat at the door. I'm going to go let the cat in while we change chapters, and I will be right back. Chapter 23, The World Changed. This is interesting. I kind of like this. Is after Christmas. Everybody's mm-hmm. coming in. Scorpius tells about the hierarchy of um, there's three types of Slytherin. Mm-hmm. They have the power to be brutes, but the intelligent to manipulate and mastermind. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's just quite. In, I mean, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, and I like what kind of starts this is that Key and Carrie comes over and apologizes. They're like, why did he just apologize? And Scorpius sort of explains it, and we find out that the ones that can do both are called Dark Lords. Ooh, mm-hmm. not good. Yeah. Then we get a little excerpt from Mad Eye's book, and it's called the Chivalrous. Chivalrous, I can't say chivalrous, that word. Chivalrous death, death trap. He's absolutely right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's quite scary. Yeah, you have morals and everybody has morals and stuff like that. But when you're in a fight and someone who wants to kill you and doesn't have the morals, he doesn't have any. He's not going to, he's going to do everything he can to mm-hmm. hurt you right, or kill you and stuff like that. So you have to attack first and you don't give them a warning. You just go. It's good advice. It is good advice, but the thing is, life's not fair. I mean, mm-hmm. someone who really wants to kill you will do anything to kill you. Because my trick is really simple. You give the greatest chance at living to see another day. Cheat. Mm-hmm. Even if you're evenly matched, cheat. Yep. If they're superior to you, cheat a lot. <laughs> if they're weaker than you, cheat all the more. More great warriors throughout history have been killed by inferior opponents getting fortunate mm-hmm. than any arch enemy. Right. I mean, it, it, it's horrible to say this, but it, it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he, the author, Orion Cody, is this decorated former agent of the Federal Bureau of Arcane Investigation, and he's part of the U.S. Marshal Service. They track wizarding fugitives across state lines. He's, you know, really instrumental in all these different things. And he and Moody met at a law enforcement symposium. I think that's funny. In Paris. Can you imagine Moody in Paris? I have a hard time with this. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe this is before he lost his leg and all. Yeah, maybe. Right about there. They had a, a letter writing thing. They wrote letters back and forth to each other and kept in touch, except for the year that Moody was imprisoned and impersonated by an undercover Death Eater. The cat is brushing against the speaker of the computer, if you guys are hearing that. No. Oh, that's nope. good. The last time he did that, Ryan was like, what was that? <laughs> no, nope, we're not getting it. At least I'm not. Good. He likes to cuddle up with the computer, does Alex. And Alvis definitely wants to meet this man sometime. And I'm reasonably sure there's a sequel to this because we're fast approaching the end of this story and a lot of stuff that I remember happening hasn't happened. And I can't imagine they're going to get it all in. He's mentioned it in the notes. It's Albus Potter and the Black Badger Society. Mm-hmm. It's the sequel. Okay. Well, because I keep looking at this, I'm like, man, is it all of a sudden going to come together at the end? And I'm like, really? I have a feeling that they meet Orion Cody in the next story. 
if I'm remembering and I don't have my fix crossed, he's the defense against the dark arts teacher in the next story. But I could be wrong. That's just where I'm thinking. Is that like my edge come theory? Yeah, maybe. Hopefully not. James, Maybe uh, the defense against the dark arts teacher next year will be Edgecombe. Who knows? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, we could only wish. <laughs> we could wish. James comes and apologizes to Albus for leaving without saying goodbye because he went on the Christmas holidays without saying goodbye, and that kind of hurt Albus a bit. And the snow's melting. The Whomping Willow decides to unburden itself and shakes and all the students anywhere close are covered in slush. And everybody's sick because the snow is melting and it's just the time to be ill. And then we've got Rose's birthday on January 13th and the elves know about it so they make her a special cake. And later it's Albus's birthday, is that true? I'm doing that part from memory, I can't see it here, so... Uh, I've discovered that my connection stays better if I don't actually try and look at the story, so I won't be any help. Okay. So we have got a new game. It's the Gryffindor-Slytherin game. Is that which one it is? No, this is Ravenclaw. And it's like a bloodbath. It's terrible. There's a girl on the Slytherin team who's really good. The rest of them suck. Mm -hmm. But she's pretty good, but no one will help her. So she's trying to do everything on her own, and they're, you know, keeping the bludgers away from her, and she's getting smacked around, and they're... Yeah, she's just getting pelted. Yeah, she's going to be black and blue and bloody by the time this game is over, and they don't care. Her name is Paige. Right. And Albus and Scorpius are like, why don't they help? That's just wrong. Mm -hmm. And after the game, and Victoire finishes the final score, they kind of head back... And they're glaring at Paige, the Slytherins are, because... Yeah, and they're just like, I can't believe I even let you on the team. You're nothing but half-blood trash. Because she's not a pure blood. I mean, she's a Slytherin, she's not a pure blood. They're just making her life hell. Oh, yeah. And then we get a, excuse me? And they turn around and... And It's not even like that. That was sweet. Yeah, I I was trying for the French accent, which I can't do. But we've got Victoire. She has both her Weasley and her Vila coming out. (laughs) This is one unhappy young lady, and she lays into them. She tells them that she has an advantage. She's watched their team, and it's a travesty. You've promoted and played the biggest bunch of inbred fools ever hatched. (laughs) Nice. I think Jen had a hand in this chapter. And, you know, my aunts have both played for professional teams. I know what I'm talking about. Paige is the only one that you have on this team that is worth anything. And you're not even nice to her. You won't even help her because of her blood status. You guys are the laughing stock. Other houses are getting better and you're getting worse because you can't even rub your two brain cells together. And figure this out. Let her play and help her, you idiots. I like because my boyfriend gave you pustules so bad all over your body. And Madame Pumphrey first thought that someone had transfigured you to a giant Lubatuba. <laughs> yeah. He fears me. Think about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And they're like, okay, she's scary. We're going to leave now. Yeah. And she walks with Paige arm mm-hmm. in arm. I love Albus. He's like, that's why they made her head girl. Mm-hmm. Scorpius is like, I think 
Kennedy's the luckiest guy I know. <laughs> and then he's like, wait, wait, he might be the unluckiest too. <laughs> mm. I was like, you may have a point there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. We move on to chapter 24, A Shadow of Doubt. The Slytherins have decided that they're going to straighten up because they're afraid of Victoire, <laughs> which I don't blame them at all. Albus is still top student in potions. Charms is his worst class still, but he's getting there. He's trying. He's trying. But he's starting to worry because finals are coming up soon. History of magic is more and more fascinating and disturbing because hemophilius is just weird. (laughs) He doesn't seem to follow any kind of curriculum. His ramblings Mm -hmm. were not always as long. (laughs) They talk about the past. Yeah. But he talks about Grindelwald, and he says that no one was safe. His allies weren't safe, and neither were his enemies. And that Grindelwald had pretty much said that he would leave the vampire. He doesn't use the word vampires, but leave the vampires alone. And then he kind of forgot that he said that, and it didn't really happen. And that they were really lucky that Grindelwald got stopped when he did. And I love Scorpius. That wasn't creepy. Not at all. Shh, be quiet. And, of course, Dada is boring as old toast, but Albus doesn't forget that he's a marked boy. He's still got the coin. He can't get rid of it. It keeps showing up. And he tells Scorpius and Rose about Growltooth and Liam on Christmas Eve, and that starts some kind of thinking. They're practicing, 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 practicing for Quidditch. And the next game, the Gryffindor-Slytherin game, Paige gets all kinds of support, so that's cool. Fighting champ. Mm-hmm. But James catches the snitch anyhow, so they win 230 to 120. But she, (laughs) Victoire noticing the better teamwork, makes this lofty comment. I'm glad someone talks some sense into that lot, meaning herself. (laughs) And then Alvis has a dream, and he's walking through some trees next to a brook, and that woman that he met earlier, who we know is Cormac's mother, is there, and she wants to know if he's got a name for her. And he says, no, not yet. And she says, trust your instincts. You'll know when you see it. Just don't forget your oath. And Albus wakes up with a start, and he talks to Cormac. says, I think I talked to your mom. And Cormac's like, I think she likes you. And he's like, well, what does she do when she doesn't like somebody? (laughs) Does she steal them away in their dreams, too? And we're getting ready for the Gryffindor-Hufflepuff match. It's going for the cup. Scorpius is trying everything he can. He um, even borrowed the book. Yeah. He used your head as a beater back. Right. Just going on and on. Trisha, take over for a minute. I'm going to type to Sorry. Kelly. Um, ah, uh, no, no, she does that to me. Because he can't figure, he can't figure out how to beat the ruddy red broom. Mm-hmm. And he trails off. Blah, 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 blah. They're trying to figure out what the heck they're going to do. He thought maybe to borrow the cloak to steal the broom that's in the mm-hmm. safe. But the safe is in Uncle Neville's office. And mm-hmm. you don't know what kind of stuff's in that room in there. <laughs> I wouldn't go kind stealing of, in there, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, who knows? There could be another mic in there. Or, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, another umbrage. Right. So, and then all of a sudden, Rose gets an owl. Actually, while they're talking, she gets an idea and she sends off an owl. And then later she oh. gets an owl back at dinner time. Okay, sorry. No, that's Later cool. at dinner time. Yeah. And it's from Uncle Bill. Mm-hmm. And he tells that Growth Tooth did work at Gringotts in Diagon Alley. He was a door breaker. He specialized in cracking the combination of door vaults in the event the goblin who knew the combination leaves their employee. 
Yeah. But he was downsized. Yeah, he didn't see that his underling was getting ready to outmaneuver him. And so because he got outmaneuvered, he got fired. But Bill said he was the one that made Bill the most nervous of all the goblins that he worked with at Gringotts. So he's like, hmm. And so Rose has a theory. Growlthooth maybe was confunded or probably imperious to open the vault door and then confunded. And the corridor where Liam and Growlthooth were found connects to the fourth floor of the Arboretum. So they were close to the vault. And they have decided that they're going to have Dad or probably Hermione check on Liam and find out what is the deal with Liam. Yeah, because she got an owl from Mom saying Mm -hmm. students is confidentially sealed. Well, his file is sealed. And so he has some kind of pass that needs to keep anonymous for his protection. Mm -hmm. That's what she could find out. So, I mean, who knew? Yeah. He is something else. He's not like a leprechaun, but he's he's something else. Right. I mean, he's not quite all human mm-hmm. from what we can gather. So she and Scorpius think Liam did it. You know, it all fits. He was there when Growlthooth was confronted. He just got caught in the trap. He attacked you for no reason. He's got sealed records. We think he did it. And Albus is saying, I don't think it's him. I just don't. I have a feeling it's not him. He knows he's being stubborn, but he's going to argue with them. And so he kind of gets in a little huff and he goes off on his own and walks the corridors and tries to get a handle on his feelings. And he doesn't know why he's defending Liam, but he keeps thinking about how Liam looked in Shacklebolt's office. You know, no one's going to defend him. No one cares about him. And, you know, Albus has heart. He's in Hufflepuff for a reason. Yeah. He feels for this kid. And he's got a little bit of Harry saving people complex in him, too, you know? Last name Potter. Mm-hmm. And he's not ready to be over being angry with them. So he's kind of given them the silent treatment the next day. They're kind of not talking to each other. Yeah. And, well, I mean, he does come around. I mean, they do talk it out. Because mm-hmm. Albus and Rose, are, they're almost like twins, practically, kind of mm-hmm. thing. They're not going to do it. It's, it's quite funny. And he goes, I know Liam's not the one. You guys think I'm a glory-hounding prima donna mm-hmm. just because I don't agree with you. And that's what gets them to start giggling over themselves. Yep. And they get over it. It's kind of nice. And he does. And then the next day, it's breakfast. And mm-hmm. a bolts coming down with Harry. Right. And they said, you guys got to come. And they find out. That they've arrested Liam. Yeah, they arrested Liam. They've done Priory and Cantanum on the wand, and all of the spells are on there. This starts, and this really starts, um, Neville. (laughs) (laughs) Albus really starts thinking. Mm -hmm. And he goes back, and he goes, the wand was in the vault, and it wasn't in his possession. You have to be a very talented wizard to access to the wand. Mm-hmm. Gro- to do it. Gro- growth book is a door breaker. Right. Only your Uncle Neville knows the combination. The only way to beat the ruddy red brooms, make sure it doesn't make it to the pitch. And he starts doing his stuff. And then the little... Light bulb. Yeah. Light bulb. Who's <laughs> that from? I don't know. But the light bulb pops on and he knows. He's got it all figured out. He's drinking orange juice and he winds up spitting it. He does a spit take all over Summer Sutherland, who's not at all happy with him. Glares at him scathingly. And he looks at Rosa and Scorpius and says, I need to know right now, do you trust me? And Rose says, always, which just is such a nice little word, always. 
And he says, I need to stop in the cellar and get my cloak, and then we need to go see Uncle Neville. Liam didn't do this, but I know who did. And that's where we end this podcast. (laughs) Have you read ahead, Trisha? Do you know what's going to happen? No, I haven't. (laughs) Scott, have you read ahead? I have not. I only just got to the end before I got back on the call. Okay, so... Lots of stuff going on. Find Who out. Might this mysterious person who's been keeping in the background. Mm-hmm. Be? Nice. Yep. If it's not Liam, who is it? And what's going to happen? And how does the broom fit in? That's what I want to know. Hmm. All of this good stuff. Tune in next time. Same bat channel. Same bat cave. That's not how it works. Bad same bat time. That's it. Same bat time. Same bat channel. I couldn't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen that show. I'm old, folks. Next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Except it's really whatever time you choose to listen to us, so, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And it's usually a year from now, anyhow, when we release the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're going to find out what happens. But these were a pretty good group of chapters, and I love that we're ending on this little cliffhanger here. Oh, yeah, it's a good spot. It's a really good spot to end. So we've gone through Christmas at Hogwarts and just watching the friendship grow. We've seen some more Quidditch. We've seen Victoire go off and let her Vila and Weasley side out, which is very, very scary, and we should never have to see that again, especially if you're on the receiving end of that. The Slytherin team better shape up. Yeah. We're building to the climax here, and we're ready. One more podcast left until we find out what's going on. And then one more after that, and we end our season. Mm. Yeah. Anybody else got anything to say about this set of chapters? Mm, Not really. I enjoyed them. It was good. I'll have to go back and read the third of them that I didn't get as I was skipping over to keep up with you guys. (laughs) Hello. But it was fun. I'm going to my... (laughs) I guess uh, you got a visitor. Are you going to... We're just finishing up, so yeah, I'll come get her in a few minutes. Okay. Thanks. Can you hear the squeaky door? I love that door. (laughs) (laughs) We need to capture that for our Halloween episode. Something. something. It's a very bad door. Uh, Could you hear mom's part of the conversation? Bits of it. No, no, she's going down to my brother's to fill out a form because oh. none of our computers will work and the dog's sound asleep at the house. Can I go get her before I go to bed? So I guess I have to go get the dog at some point. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, Scott, you were saying. Well, it continues to be an enjoyable pick. I'm enjoying reading it. I will have to go back and reread a few bits that I kind of skipped over as I was trying to keep up with you guys here. Mm-hmm. But um seems like things are sort of coming to a head and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what comes up next. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just interested because, I mean, I know I only have five left and there's so many loose ends. I'm kind of excited to see how he mm-hmm. or ties them up. But then I'm also like, is it going to be that quick? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe some of them will get left over for the sequel. Who knows? Yeah. It will be interesting, to say the least, when we find out but what this happens. Is my, you have a prediction? No, there's no predicting, but this has been probably one of the first next generation kind of story that I've liked the most so far. Well, that's cool. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's a fun story. I love the idea. You know, it's fun to actually be able to showcase the Hufflepuffs because the Hufflepuffs are the forgotten ones. And Mm -hmm. since since we're all Hufflepuffs around here anymore, we tried to get Kelly in here tonight. We're going to showcase Hufflepuffs if we can. Mm -hmm. And he's done a good job at making it... um 
it kind of matches the tone of the canon Harry Potter stories. Mm -hmm. It's a, a, you know, you go through the year and there's the mystery going on and you're working that all out. It's not like a lot of fics, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but a lot of fics make themselves a romance story or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it'll be about getting the couples together and doing something with them. Whereas this more sort of follows the format that we're used to from the canon. And it's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's going to be fun to see how this ends, and I have a feeling we're going to watch a Quidditch match. And who are we going to root for? The Gryffindors or the Hufflepuffs? Well, we're all going to go for Hufflepuff, but I wonder who Harry's going to root for. He's rooting for Hufflepuff, you know. You think? Oh, Harry's a Hufflepuff. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's end this out, and then we'll see where we're at. So we will say come back next time and hear the conclusion of this story. Thank you for listening. Drop by the forum. We will look forward to hearing from you. Good night. Mm -hmm. Good night, everybody. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.